There comes a point in time where we must come together and fight for what we believe in, where we stand up for equality, where we stand up for justice, and that time is now. job is to bring the American people into the process and say, do you really want to give huge tax breaks to billionaires and cut Social Security and Medicare? The American people do not want that to happen. And our job is to mobilize them through social media, through rallies out on the streets. So what kind of person are you? Do you only stand when it's easy? Do you only stand when it's popular? Do you only stand when it's convenient? Are you someone that stands no matter what is the cost? If you're someone that stands when it's right, no matter what your friends say, no matter what kind of pushback you get, then I can stand with you. You either stand at all times or you don't stand at all. Welcome to another exciting, exhilarating, um, extravagating episode of P2 Radio. I'm your host, Rick Grider. Thank you for tuning in. As always, this is our sixth episode. Um, it's titled, Stand for All or Don't Stand at All. Uh, we have a very exciting episode for you. Very great show um, designed for you. We have a great week. Uh, we have our first guest blog uh, up on our website, powertothepppl.com. Make sure that you check that out. Um, it gives a, a very um, independent outside look at some of the current events that was going on this last week and it gives you a, um, a different perspective or another perspective that you can look at. Um, we've also have now been connected via iTunes. So if you want to check out our blog on, um, on the go, if you have, if you have an Apple device, you can just go to iTunes and search for P2P radio. You can download all our episodes and take them with you on the go. So thank you for tuning in via uh, your mixer app, whether you're on iTunes, check us out on SoundCloud, or if you're on our Facebook, thank you for tuning in as well. Um, so we have had a very, um, interesting week, uh, to say the least, um, what we're going to talk about is the event that happened in Chicago, um, where if you have not known about it or do not know about it, um, four African-American teens, um, one and one 24-year-old, um, kidnapped a white, um, mentally disabled, mentally challenged um, teenager and held him for 24 to 40 hours um, and basically tortured him um, for, for an extended period of time. Um, but for at least 30 minutes, they streamed it on um, Facebook Live for the whole world to see. Um, we have a news report out of it from ABC. I'm going to play it for you and then um, let you hear it at the end of um, the podcast. This morning, four suspects in custody for their alleged involvement in this disturbing video streamed via Facebook Live for the world to see. The video showing what appears to be a violent assault, a group of 18-year-old African-American teenagers holding hostage a white man who authorities say suffers from mental health challenges, kicking and hitting the victim who appears to be restrained with duct tape covering his mouth. At one point, his attackers even making a reference to the president-elect. 
According to police, the victim, who was reported missing from a Chicago suburb, was held between 24 to 48 hours before being unbound and let go. That's when police spotted him, disoriented, wandering the west side of Chicago. They saw that clearly that this individual was in distress and he was in crisis. Police have yet to release the names of the suspects or file charges, but describe the offenders as two men and two women, one of whom attended school with the victim. It's sickening. It's sickening. You know, it makes you wonder what would make individuals treat somebody like that. You know, so I've been a cop for 28 years and I've, I've seen things that you shouldn't see in a lifetime, but it, it still amazes me how you still see things that you, you just shouldn't. Police now questioning the suspects and investigating whether the incident is a possible hate crime. If the facts guide us to that, that in that direction, then we'll certainly charge them appropriately. And authorities say the victim was treated at the hospital and released to his family. George? Okay, Alex. Boy, that officer said it. Just sickening. Mm -hmm. Sickening indeed. Just to give, and again, this report was taken before um, the charges were filed. But yes, these four individuals, again, three 18-year-olds and one 24-year-old, were charged with hate crimes um, attached to the other charge they are going to receive. And um, also to get to give it full perspective, there it was some association or some thought that there was an association with Black Lives Matter. Police said that was not the case. There is no proof or evidence that this was connected to Black Lives Matter or anything like that. Um, but that is not, that's really is not the point. Um, I think that something like this, something when something like this is, is brought into the national media light, um, that it, it is really a challenge um, to us, how we react to it. Um, and this has been a, a very disturbing, to say the least, kind of reaction that we have had. Um, and it, let me first say that this has been, is a horrific crime. We have four individuals who befriended someone who probably does not have a lot of friends. Um, someone who was looking for somebody to to have a good time with, to have a friend in their corner, um, who trusted them. And in return, these four individuals did a disgusting act. They took advantage of this individual's trust. They beat him. They tortured him. They cut him. They threatened to kill him. And put it on Facebook Live for the world to see. So make no mistake, this is not just they have do they have bad home training or where the parents. These are four purely disgusting, evil individuals. If you look at the, if you can stomach looking at their Facebook Live and what they said, what they were saying, they were having a good time. Some of the females were talking about how they're reacting to not getting enough likes on their Facebook feed or how they need to adjust the lighting so that they can get a better angle or a better view um, or a better scene on what's being done to this to this teenager. So these, these, this is not just uh, do they have, where the parents, do they have their father and their mother in their life. These are just four individuals who need to spend an extremely long amount of time in prison. And I'm hoping personally that they get the maximum amount of time. But now let's cover the reaction. Let's talk about what was going on and when this, this story was brought out to the light. And it seems, and I'm a, it's two groups that I'm, I'm mainly concerned about. One is some of the individuals in the African-American community um, where it was seemingly a, a big shoulder shrug um, from some people. And we're going to talk about that. And then there was also those in, in some in the white community 
who who took this instance, who took this crime, who took this horrific act, and decided to just broad brush um, uh, the whole African American community um, and take this to a level that it did not need to be taken to. It, it was not warranted. It was not needed. Their act is horrific on its own, but somehow it is now taken to generalize and paint a whole nother um, group of individuals just because of their skin color. So let's talk about, we're going to talk about both of those groups, but the first group that I'm talking about is the African-American group because, the, again, the inaction was really upsetting and troubling to me on a personal note um, because we, we seem to have it broken up into three in three styles, three, three general ways of thinking. The first group um, was seemingly silent about it. They didn't say anything. Or, and still don't say anything about it. Um, they just basically turned the other way. The second group um, acknowledged the act, acknowledged the horrific incident, but they were more focused on defending Black Lives Matter, more focused on on making sure the black that the movement was not associated with this act than calling out the act on its own. And then you have the third group, which is is the most upsetting to me, that is seemingly downplaying and somehow justifying this act based on acts done to African-Americans in the past. Uh, and it seems to be that, that they think that because blacks were beat in the 1950s and the 1960s because of Emmett Till, that de therefore this is somehow payback or retribution to what was done to us back then. And therefore they think that this is not a big deal. This should not be talked about. What about um, these other cases? And, uh, and, and that generalized thinking. So all three of those, falls short of the proper response in my view. To the first group, the ones that do not who, who do not want to acknowledge it or just refuse to acknowledge it. And I and it's kind of hard for me to believe that you don't know nothing about it because again this past week it has been blown up on not only on social media but also on on the national spotlight. CNN has covered it almost every hour on the hour. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to believe that you don't know about it. But for the ones that do know about it and, choose, uh, and, and show a blind eye to it, you now hinder your own voice. Because now you, cannot, you can no longer attack any white people who do not speak out about a racist crime. Because you don't speak out about this one. You, turn, you, chose to, you chose to stay silent. So you can now not tell them to speak up. The same thing for police. When you say, when you say that the, the Great Blue Wall is a problem when a dialogue, but you refuse to acknowledge when there's a horrific crime and the, and the aggressor is black, then that makes you just as culpable. That makes you just as bad. So black silence, in our view, is just as damning, just as bad, just as horrific as white silence and the Blue Wall. So if you want others to speak out about horrific acts, you in turn have to speak out about horrific acts as well. It is a two-way street. You cannot demand that someone reacts to something, but then when something horrific happens on our side, you choose to stay silent, you choose to stay quiet, you choose to not even acknowledge it. To the second group, this is not about Black Lives Matter. This is not about the movement. If you want to say, I, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, the police already said that these four individuals were not acting in any accordance to Black Lives Matter. So that has nothing to do with it. Bringing them into the conversation is not needed. It has no, those two have nothing of the sort. So when you say that this horrific act is done, but what about this act, or what about this uh, incident, or what about uh, this black person who was who was harmed? And I mean, what I'm a reference to was about three to four weeks ago. There was a similar case where a group of white teenagers 
attacked and beat up a black teenager, and they got one of them at least have um, got put on parole. Now, do y'all get me confused? Don't, don't get don't get me confused. That is a horrific act. But you can't say, well, what was the outrage then? Because you didn't show any outrage. You didn't blow this up. This and this story about this black teenager didn't start blowing up until after Chicago. So it's a counter reaction. You're not having an original reaction to the event. You're only trying to show it to kind of downplay what happened in Chicago. So you're not again, that's not part of the conversation. If you want to show reaction to that or have outrage to that event, then I can understand that. But do not have reaction to it only after an event happens like it did in Chicago. That makes it ingenuine. You're not real. You're the outrage and, and, and the calling is not real at that point. So don't bring it up. You want to be outraged three weeks ago? That would been fine. You were you were sharing this on social media three weeks ago, two weeks ago? I can understand that. But if you're now sharing this after, after a white guy has been attacked, after a white teenager has been beat up by four teenagers, then again, the only reason that you're doing it is to quiet down the group that's talking about the fact that four black teenagers beat up a white um, teenager. And then to the last group, and then uh, th- this is the one that, that stoked me the most, is the one that is some in some twisted logic. You think that because somebody got beat up, a black per- black people were beat up, black people were lynched and, and, and attacked and kicked back in 1960s and 1950s. And yes, some of those crimes, a whole lot of those crimes for that matter, there was not persecuted. No people did not get justice. But that in no way justifies what happens to this man, to this teenager, to this boy. And the fact that you're trying to twist the two or make the two equal as if it's, rape, as if, as if it's payback and retribution just harms our cause an insurmountable amount. Because yeah, now it seems to be that you're thinking that now it's justifiable if white people just get beat up. And then they can't, then it, there are those ones that is in the oppression, I mean, in the opposition who look for words like that, who look for logic like that, who say that, okay, now black people want to just go around beating up white people. They're thugs, they're hoodlums. Now they're saying that we, that if a white person gets beat up, that he, he deserves it because of what was done in the past. This, this teenager had nothing to do with the 1950s. He had nothing to do with the 1960s. So why is it justifiable for him to have to pay for it? Why is it justifiable for him to be held for 24 to 48 hours to be beat up, to be spit on, to have to be to be forced to drink toilet bowl water, to be told that you're going to die? How is that justifiable in your eye? How do you think that you should speak out about it? How does that not anger you? Because these four individuals had to attack the, the most vulnerable person to make to make this point. And again, they were not mad. They were not emotional. They were laughing. Talking about how we can get a better angle. Talking about how we should get more likes. They did it for attention. For amusement. That's the most disgustingly low thing that I that I have seen in recent history. So, if you're going to be someone, and this is, a, this is a moment, it was a true moment for people who are, are part of Black Lives Matter, for people who say they stand up for justice and equality, this is your moment. Because now, it, it, the person does not share a similarity with you. The victim is white. So, are you going to be just as angry as if the victim was black? Because, let's be honest, if there was four Trump supporters 
who beat up, who kidnapped, beat up, and held a black disabled boy for 48 hours and, and streamed it live, we would be going all out right now. Demanding action be done. Demanding a conversation be brought about this. But now that the victim is white, there seems to be a indifference about it. And that makes you disingenuous. That makes you not a part of somebody who fighting for equality. That makes you only concerned about your race. And that therefore, therefore makes you hypocritical. So if you're someone like that, please understand that you are being a hypocrite right now. To understand that you have lost your, your, your moral stance of calling for white people to speak out about racial acts. Calling for police to speak out about racial acts when you yourself do not speak out about racial acts. You have no more high ground right now. You have lost it if you refuse to acknowledge it. The only time you speak out about black outrage is to counter this. Then you are also you're also losing your moral high ground. You're not you're not really showing outrage. You're only promoting attention to quiet down. Just like those individuals who, who, who scream "All lives matter" when Black Lives Matter start turning up, then you are just like them. You're, you're bringing attention to something to deviate attention from something else. So this is a calling for you. For this is your this is your moment to to realize who you are. And what you really are standing for. Don't only stand up for, for justice when the victim has something similar to you. When a victim is only a minority. That shouldn't be the only time that you feel like getting outraged. So this is the calling that we need to have. This is the understanding that we need to have. We also have to hold ourselves accountable. We shouldn't just be demanding other people hold, hold their groups accountable. We also have to hold ourselves accountable and speak out when things like this are done. Now, that being said, now this goes to, to uh, the counter swing that has happened. Because I've seen too often times on my Facebook feed, too often times online, too often times on the media, that somehow this act by four individuals somehow justifies a, a, a broad painting of of the whole black race. I've had one of our friends talk about how he no longer wants to hear about the black man's burden. What the hell does the black man's burden got to do with anything that happened in Chicago? That, that black people are thugs and hoodlums. That this proves it. That they have a double standard. That they want to resort to violence in order to get their way. That we, we, don't, we, we need to grow up. Please understand that, again, for individuals, if you don't like the fact that people generalize white people by acts of a single white person shooting up something, then there's no way why you should get on Facebook and think it's okay or get on your social media and think it's okay for you to paint every black person according to what these four black people did. You don't get to complain about being generalized, complain about getting labeled, and then at the same time, in the same kind of paragraph, in the same even sentence structure, decide to stereotype and generalize and broad paint a whole entire race. It does not work out like that. You don't have it like that. So if you don't like being labeled as a racist, you don't like Trump supporters being labeled as a racist, then that's a good point. That's a fair point to make. But then also in the same turn, that doesn't give you the right to all of a sudden say that black people need to grow, grow the F up because of four teenagers in Chicago. 
that you no longer want to hear about the black man's burden, tying in all kind of stuff that don't need even need to be tied into to make it more emotional, to make the outrage more more outrageous, I guess. Again, it's not needed. The act on itself, the act on its own is outrageous. So why do you feel the need to tie in to affirmative action, a tie in to black people being lazy, uh, the tie in that we need to grow the F up or we need to stop resorting to violence? Why do you feel the need to broad brush it like that? It's, it's pondering to me. So it seems like on both sides that we have a misunderstanding on how to react to, to events. Take the event on its own. Four individuals, four individuals committed a hate crime. They have now since been arrested, been charged, even been denied bail, and probably going to serve a very long sentence in prison. So in this instance, hopefully, if everything goes, again, hopefully, justice will be served. So this is a, is a good thing for our justice system. But do not generalize, do not take this instance and decide to cast it upon a whole entire race. Because then, just like for the group for African Americans who don't who uh, demand for white people to speak out against racial crime, you demand that people do not generalize, do not jump, do not um, stereotype, do not label. But then on turn, when you get ammunition, you just feel like labeling everybody. So it is, it is a two-way street for both groups that we need to understand. But again, standing up for something requires for you to stand up all the time. You can't just be outraged when a victim is white either. You can't be mad when the victim is white. Yeah, that's it. That's the only time you feel like staying or something on social media. Victims black, you just like the other group that don't say nothing at all. So look at yourself and decide what what do you really stand for? Are you really only concerned when you share something or a racial um, similarity with the victim? Or do you really stand to defend those who can't defend themselves? That is the calling that we really need to have as as, as Americans, especially, uh, but as, as as human beings overall. So to the first group, to those African Americans who I'm hoping have a realization, please realize that we cannot only stand at select times. We cannot only demand marches at select times. And injustice anywhere in the is injustice everywhere. So choose to stand up at all times. Choose to speak out at all times. Or don't do it at all. Don't stand at all. Don't show outrage at all. Because when you do, when you do select to have select times, then you get grouped in with, with the ones who are really standing for true equality, true justice. And you make it that much more harder. Because now we got to spend time defending your, your actions. Speaking out against why you have to speak out more. If you and if you were on the other side who who's speaking out about this just because the victim is white, please understand that there's a whole lot more incidents like this.
It's not as an isolated incident, and the victim is not always white. Like I said, there was a case in December, three weeks ago, where it was similar, where three, I mean, it was a group of <clears throat> white teenagers kidnapped a black disabled boy and sexually assaulted him. So if you want to show outrage about this, then just go back three weeks and you can, you can see about that case. And see how justice is seemingly not being served right now for that individual. So there is a point to it. It is not to take attention from this one. Take attention from what happened in Chicago. But it's to show that justice is not served all the time. And there's a conversation that we do need to have. So either stand for all or don't stand at all. And hopefully we can have that conversation. Hopefully we have that conversation internally so that we can better stand together. If I would want to stand for somebody who I know will stand up for injustice at any time than someone who may stand up some of the time. And that's episode six. Stand for all or don't stand at all. Thank you for tuning in to P2P Radio. I'm your host, Rick Ryder. Make sure that you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and now we're on iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, you can check us out and download us for On The Go. Um, you can also check us out on Mixed if you have an Android uh, or an Android um, device. Check us out on Mixer, out on SoundCloud. Uh, also, we have a uh, well, our first guest blog up. Uh, you can check us out on PowerToThePPL.com. Um, and make sure that you also like, subscribe, and share this video and all other. We now have passed 500 views on our podcast, so that's exciting news to hear. And it's all thanks to you. So thank you for tuning in to the show. Make sure you catch us out next Saturday, 8 p.m. Central. I mean, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time again. And um, thank you for tuning in as always. I'm your host, Rick Ryder, and we'll check you out next week. Have a great one.